Hi, everybody. Tony Marcolini. I'm uh, welcome to It May Interest You to Know the podcast. I'm joined today with two co-hosts. Uh, but first, I should say welcome to season three. This is technically the first episode of season three. So I want to, yeah, I want to kick that off by, by acknowledging that. Um, <laughs> say, welcome to my two co-hosts. You know the the wonderful uh, Seamus McDonough, uh, and today we have a guest. Uh, host joining us, the funny and the fabulous and the beautiful Samantha Jones. Hello! Woo! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> and additionally, uh, we have a very special guest. Um, our guest, uh, he described himself as a visual storyteller, which I love. Um, a very creative man, 10-time Emmy-winning producer, Roy Schneider. Welcome! Woo! Welcome, Roy. Thank you pleasure to be here. So I think we first want to dive into your 10 Emmy wins. Uh, since nobody here has won any, <laughs> uh, we want to know what was that like <laughs> that very first time you heard your well, name? Tell us. I, you did win something, Seamus. Tell us. I, I did a show that won an Emmy. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. That's right. That's the, okay. the one with uh, uh, about your boxing. Dennis O'Donnell, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I stand corrected. Go right ahead. out the gate. Go off, Seamus. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, Roy. So sorry, Roy. Just the women on the podcast. I'm show you up, Roy. Are you going to take this or what? We're, we're here with some Emmy-less winners, uh, <laughs> women. Two without, two with. Okay. <laughs> the fact that we're women is very concerning to me. Yes. <laughs> we're going to be changing that soon. <laughs> yes, I agree. So tell us, Roy, what was it like the very first time? What was your category for your first win? Uh, the first category was multi-camera editing, and it was actually for Sesame Street. Yes! Uh, I great. love that. You, I didn't know you had done work on Sesame Street. Yeah, I spent four years as a senior editor for Sesame Street. Uh, I've spent, yeah, most of my career has been in, in sports television, uh, uh, but I've spent about six years working for a company called Unitel that did basically post-production for all across all categories and uh i started out doing just some effects stuff for sesame street and then they approached me and asked me if i would join them as a senior editor so uh i ended up doing four years with them uh got two nominations and one win with them which was mind-boggling really um, so they call your name. Are you? you I mean, you're wishing you, you win, right? I mean, you're you know, you're obviously in your head, you're hoping you win. Did you register your name as soon as they called you? Um, yeah, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that you know we always we always say it's an honor just to be nominated, and it absolutely <laughs> is. But it sure is nice when they actually call your name on the win too. Oh my god! <laughs> and we all know that in the film business, that the editor is the craftsman and the genius and the and the reason for it all. So thank you, Roy. <laughs> well, you know, I guess that's where the you know where I came up with the title as a visual storyteller. Spent so many years editing, but I also love to be behind the camera and I'd love to capture it and it kind of you realize that we were telling a story as an editor that's all i do that's predominantly but then when you get behind a camera you realize that that part is also telling a story 
and then being able to combine all the skills together is uh, it's rare and something I'm truly blessed to be able to do. Are all your Emmys for uh, editing? Um, not all. Um, I've won uh, two others for sports editing, two others for short form editing. Um, I won one for a documentary called Poetry Slam. Um, and then I won several uh, for programs that I've worked on within uh, the MSG Network's uh, programming that I work on. Right, so you've done a lot of sports uh, programs too. Yes. I would think, yeah. <laughs> so tell us about, uh, right, because I, I noticed that you're doing a lot more photography now. Uh, was that, is that a hobby or is that something you're actually getting into more professionally? Um, I, to be honest, it's a little of both. Um, I started out uh, when, when DSLRs started becoming video cameras, uh, which was about 15 years ago, they started combining the video aspects uh, and photography aspects into a camera. So I had purchased a couple of those to do video work, to do some commercial work and to do some music video work. And I started enjoying shooting some stills and started getting into it a little bit more and more. But when it really took off, to be honest, was during COVID when COVID first started. So a lot of people weren't getting out of their homes. A lot of people were kind of shacked in. So I started taking like a two hour hike every day. And I just took as many beautiful landscapes as I possibly could. And I just threw them into every social media, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Facebook, Instagram. And my thought was, hey, you know what? Everybody's just seeing this bad news and sad news. Let me throw some beautiful pictures up there. You can look at a few beautiful pictures, gives you some good vibes, maybe it gives you a sense of relaxation. And it just started building a following and building a following and the following kept getting bigger and bigger. A couple people suggested, hey, maybe you should try doing a coffee table book. Uh, and then kind of being the visual storyteller, I said, yeah, that's not a terrible idea. And so I ended up creating a coffee table book uh, it's also paid off in that, you know, started getting commercial work uh, in photography and still photography as well. So it, it turned in, you know, to be a business as well, but mainly it, it's something I do out of love. Hmm. Well, it's pretty incredible. I mean, I, I mean, you're, you're, I've seen obviously what you put out on social media um, and there's a ton of landscapes as you say but i mean really really incredible photographs i mean moving photographs the whole purpose and then seamus will tell us the whole purpose of art right is to make you emote uh i mean it definitely photographs that will make you emote i mean they're just breathtaking that makes you stop for a minute and say wow like the the incredible beauty of the of the universe and the world around us i mean you're very talented thank you so much you know it's putting yourself out there and being able to see these things is the most important. And I've, I've always, I live in a really beautiful little town um, on the North shore of Long Island. And 
it's funny because I get people saying all the time, you know, oh, I drive by that all the time. I don't even, even, you know, I glance at it, it's pretty, but then I see your pictures and I'm like, oh my God, that's <laughs> right. And that that's kind of the point uh, of what that whole project was, is like, you're driving by this every single day, you know, or you're, you're walking by this every single day and you're not paying attention to this. And this is here for you to see and feel and, and, you know, you can see the way the sun comes in, the way the light hits the water. It's it's just beautiful. And we, you should be looking at this, taking a little time to smell the roses. And so that's kind of where it all goes. And it becomes, going back to the storytelling, I tend to post pictures in groups. So if I come across the pond and the sun's there and it's beautiful and I decide I'm going to shoot my pictures there, I might shoot 10 pictures and the reason I post maybe six of them is to say, there's a story, you know, this is all the different things I'm seeing when I'm here. And I want you to feel what it feels like to be here at this particular time. Just to notice and then capture the beauty. Um, and it's thought provoking and, and it's, 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 a, it's an art in itself. And uh, I just had a question about, about so I, I know very little about cameras, but I do actually own a, a Canon 5D Mark III. It's a bit down on the scale now. But um, is, it, is it important to have the right camera? No. Good. <laughs> uh, the, cell phone, the cell phone I'm talking on right now is as good as 90% of what's out there. It, wow. What it really is about is the art of seeing, the art of looking. And I, I tell kids this all the time when I'm uh, giving courses or classes, use whatever you can, whatever you have. If you look, mm -hmm. I have a coffee table book and then coffee table book, more than 50% of the pictures were shot on a cell phone. Why? Because I had it in my pocket at the time that I walked across that. I don't always have, I actually have that Canon 5D as well. Um, <laughs> I, have a, I have a Sony A7R3 as well, but I don't always have those with me. I don't, you mm -hmm. know, and if I'm out walking, you know, six miles, I, I may or may not want to lug, you know, two big cameras with me. So mm -hmm. the cell phone's always with you. I, I really think it's just, if, if that's what your your love is to do, is to say, capture pictures and, sh and share the beauty, whatever it is, so use what you have. Um, is it nice? Sure, I'd love to have the lens that I have on my Sony. You know, it's gonna definitely capture a better quality image overall, but I can create just as nice an image off of a cell phone. So mm. yes, it's nice to have, and if you're doing it, uh, for purely commercial purpose, it might make more sense to to have the bigger DSLR or mirrorless and have, you know, a myriad of different lenses. You know, obviously the lenses are what makes the difference, you know. The size of the lenses and what you can do with them uh, is definitely going to help. But is it necessary? No. And nowadays, they have the little lenses you can buy and, you know, screw right on to your phone. Yeah. Yeah, I use that uh, in the cell phone. There's also uh, a few apps that you can find that allow you to use your cell phone more in the style of a DSLR and have more control over the way the image comes instead of just point and shoot. 
And apps that have a steady cam on it. It's amazing now. Yeah. Apps with steady cam. There's apps for long exposures. Um, so these pictures that you know you see the the that create those beautiful smooth images that somebody's using, you know, a long exposure, you can now capture with an app on your cell phone. It, yeah, it's, it's it's completely amazing. And it it changes the world. Uh, and some professionals will tell you both positively and negatively. Um, it, in that it democratizes the industry. You know, used to be you wanted to shoot those types of pictures, you had to have eight, five, ten, eight thousand, eight dollars worth of equipment. Now you can do it on your cell phone. You yeah. wanted it. We used to work in a million dollar edit room. Now it's, you know, an iMac and a keyboard. Yeah. Well, you, seem, you seem to be incredibly positive. That's what's kind of coming out at me that I love so much about you. And I love that in the midst of a pandemic, you put your pants on and walked out the door and took yourself on this two hour hike every day. And I just wanted to ask, how did you stay positive enough to tap into your artistry that way in the midst of a pandemic? Well, you know, it's a... Uh... There was, there was a song in a Monty Python movie called Life of Brian. And it's the end of the movie. They're all up on crosses being crucified. And they're all singing, always look on the bright side of love. <laughs> uh, my mom kind of taught me that. You know, my mom was one of these people that she would see the worst of worst people and always find the best and best of them. Hmm. Um, and in growing up in that atmosphere, I also learned to see what some people might see as the ugliest of ugly and find beauty in it, mm -hmm. uh, which some will see. You'll see some of my pictures aren't necessarily of the beautiful pond with the sunlight. Some are. Some are the dead tree on the water that has a reflection. And it's just finding that beauty in what's there. Uh, mm -hmm that's that whole thing of you know stop and smell the roses you know it's like it's out there and uh you know sometimes we have to take that deep breath and and walk away from life stresses we all have life stresses they come up for all of us no different from somebody that's it's just being able to to use some positivity out there to maybe defeat them instead of letting them defeat you mm -hmm. amen what does creative process look like for you? Um, I mean, certainly it, it's easy to look at the finished product when, when for us, like when we see something you've edited or we see a, a photograph that you've put out there. But that's the that's the end, you know, result. Uh, how does creativity start for you? I mean, is it just you're struck by something, it comes natural or... Uh, even if you're going to sit down and edit, uh, I mean, do you see it in your head ahead of time? Do you plan it out? Is it... And what does that look like? How does creativity start, spark for you? So uh, creativity starts with pre-production and a plan in most cases. Obviously, if you're driving by the pond and you jump out of the car to take pictures of the pond, that's, that's more of a... But in the case of editing, you generally have a story that you're trying to tell. Now, how do I best effectively tell that story? So then you break that down. Now, what what do I have available to help me tell that story? You know, what materials do I have? What sound might work 
to help enhance that story and drive a specific point. Um, and uh, in video editing, especially, you know, we use sound, we use sound effects, we use what we call, you know, like an off shot, maybe to bring your eye into another shot, because that's going to help tell the story of what the person's saying. So it, it is all in a lot of pre-planning and, and, and really knowing that the bottom line is, what am I trying to tell you? What am I trying to communicate? And how do I want you to feel at a specific moment in a specific piece? So in video editing, if I want your heart race racing and moving faster and you to get a little excited sitting on the edge of your seat, I'm going to cut a little bit faster. I'm going to use more footage. I'm going to use music that comes up a little louder, a little bit more aggressive. Uh, if I want you to, I'm going to go da, 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 da. So I'm going to, I'm going to use that all to basically create the feeling I want you to have at that particular moment. Beautiful. Creating the mood. Beautiful. And when I heard that we were going to interview you, I because I'm going to Ireland in July, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to shoot something, hopefully. <laughs> not much, not much pre-planning. But uh, any suggestions? I'm going to be going around to boxing clubs. Boxing is very popular in Ireland. I had my boxing career going on everything. So I'm going to go around to some of the small clubs around the country, all over different places. And... Any suggestions with that kind of stuff or, you know, should I have a, you know, I was going to just try to wing it. I guess it's not a good idea here, I, I presume, from here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when you, when you go, let's talk video production. So let's just say you are going blind into, into a, a boxing club. And so the one thing you should decide before you walk into that boxing club is what's the story that I want to tell. You know, is it a special kid there that's just going to be like a superstar? Is it, you know, the 80-year-old trainer that's, you know, trained people through the ranks? What's the story I'm going to tell? Is it the building, this historic 90-year-old building? What's the story I want to tell? And then you build from there. Um, uh, when it comes to that type of stuff, to me, it's the humanity, you know, in general. Um, so I, I want to feel those people. I want to hear those people. I want to, I want to find, I want to be able to connect with those people, you know, so if you're shooting video, I want to connect. And if you're shooting still photos, I want to connect with that, that 12 year old kid that, you know, is going to be a superstar. He's just got everything. I want to see that image in his face that tells me I'm going to be everything. Wow. And, whether you coerce that from him as you're shooting either video or, or whether you just let it happen naturally through your questioning and, and through your, your, your connection, your connection with that person. Mm -hmm. But that's what you want to bring. Thank you so much. Wow. Seamus, are you shooting it and you're editing it? I'm, I'm not actually shooting it or editing it. I'm just, I'm just uh, helping produce this. Oh, great. I, being in it as an interviewer, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so good. I was yeah. going to say, Roy, if he was doing it himself, you should probably tell him about logging footage, right? <laughs> and tracking footage, right? I mean, isn't that like the bane of your existence? <laughs> um, 
point, most of the time, thank God, I have somebody that can do that for me. Yes. Uh, but yes, uh, I'll still go through, if I'm producing, say, a music video, and especially if, especially if I shoot it myself or direct it myself, I'll go through every single piece of that footage bit by bit and log it myself. If I'm doing a, a, a quick sports feature with a producer here, they're going to go through the footage, they're going to have their idea, and then they're going to use me to tie everything together for them and, you know, make it look pretty, put a little bow on it. Right. Um, but yes, you know, it's, uh, that's part of that organizational, you know, here's my goal. I have to get to here. So I have to get each little piece of that together. Mm. Uh, the more important it is, or the, you know, if you're hiring me to edit a music video, I am going to know every stitch of footage that you shot, every effect that you shot, everything that you put together, because I'm going to think of things to use that nobody else would ever consider even using. But the guy dropped the camera. What are you doing? That's the best mm -hmm. shot in the whole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I find when I'm doing television, I'm like one of those people. I mean, it started with nothing. And of course, as most people do, and then they get to a certain place in their career. And I'm always like, in my mind, when I'm on camera, I'm like, can't this be over in two takes? I can do this baby. I can crank this baby out. But they always want to do like 20 takes for every scene, no matter how long it is. You know, that's, that's, that's standard, I guess, right? Well, you're going to want to get different coverage, different angles, different right. stuff, different ways of telling that story. And you may shoot that scene, but you may shoot it in five different ways, not mm -hmm. knowing way when you get into post is actually going to work out the best for that particular moment in the film or the series or whatever it be. So yeah, they're, they're generally going to cover it in a lot of different ways. Uh, a lot of it also has to do with budget. Yes, <laughs> you'll, you'll I've noticed that. <laughs> budget, yeah, 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 totally. And I've heard show it, don't tell it. Show it on the, on the, on the film rather than tell it, tell it. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's, the visuals can tell a million. The reaction of somebody in a conversation is just as important as seeing, I don't need to see you talking. The reaction of the person is probably going to tell me more about what that scene is than the person actually talking is. Wow. Well, I, I mean, I, I've said this before on the podcast. I believe that creating any form of uh, entertainment uh, is very collaborative, right? It's not just, I mean, the author, the writer puts something together that on paper uh, reads, you know, phenomenally or it's very entertaining. But, you know, good luck with that if you have bad actors, you know, trying to put it together on screen. Uh, and I think it's true for everything, right, along the way. I mean, the actors bring their own spin to the writer's work, uh, the little, the, the idiosyncrasies they bring to the, to a character and their movements and their just, even just the simple, you know, wink they may add to a scene or the like, or uh, they, they add so much to it. But 
it doesn't really stop there, right? It's the it's the person behind the camera who sees the view uh, and knows exactly how to tell the story down to just picking up, you know, the reflection in a puddle nearby as being impactful in the story. And then there's the person who sits with editing and knows, you know, and knows exactly how to weave you through the story visually. It's such a collaborative process to get to something uh, that really is impactful. Uh, because entertainment, let's face it, I mean, that's what people do uh, when they want to, I, I don't want to say just escape from their life, but I mean, when, when you you want a, a break, right, you want to laugh, or you, you know, sometimes you just may want to be entertained in some way. And and that's really the purpose, right, of TV and, and movies, and it makes an impact. Uh, often, you know, I, I you know, people need that you don't know what somebody's going through in their life and they need that moment right that connection to to something else to maybe just to see that there's some joy in the world because they're having a rough time of it so it truly does make a difference and that collaborative process is something we like to highlight because people don't realize you put something on you take for granted all the people that got together to make that so so good we don't uh you know, you watch TV and you see, say, a sports feature, you don't realize you're absolutely right. There's probably 15 people, 20 people that have had their hands in some piece of that actually made. You're just watching Sunday NFL game and, and you're, you're seeing this little story that takes up three minutes of time, four minutes of time, and it's entertaining, it's fun. But there's probably 15, 20 people that have had their hands somewhere in that piece putting it together and each person is integral whether it be the person that's logging the footage that sees that little piece of gold that nobody else saw uh like you said it's the cameraman or the the camera people or maybe the interview wasn't going so good so the producer came up with a creative idea to tell the story in a little better way or the editor saw it in post and said you know what i know this isn't the direction you were going but if we did this, we can save it by doing this. Um, you know, it's, it, it, it is all a collaborative. It's, it's a team effort. And like you said, it's entertainment. We're, we're doing it to give you something to take you away from your everyday life. And, and there's totally a professional standard. Like I've heard, heard it said Hollywood standard of shooting film uh, that there totally is. Like, and and, and if, unless, unless you're taught it, People don't even know about it, do they? That's kind of how I've, 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 what I've learned. Well, you know, it's, when I first got in the business, we used to have what we called broadcast standard. And if, you know, an executive saw something they didn't think was up to snuff, it didn't hit air. I will say with what, we, what I call the YouTube generation, um, that's changed a lot. Um, so we have so many more tools to tell stories than we had and we have so many different ways we can tell it i'm still going to say from what i love i agree with you a hundred percent um because i want it to be up to that level up to that that kind of standard because that's what i've been doing for 30 years but if you're a 16 year old kid and you want to go out and shoot a feature with your cell phone i'm going to say go do it now don't 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 tell yeah. me about it 50 times just go out and do it 
Yes. Like Nike said, just do it because the more you do it, the more you practice, the more you develop those skills, the better you're going to be later on. Did you notice while you while you were talking about this technically, I changed my headroom a little bit. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> Thank you, Samantha. I did not notice. <laughs> what did you say about me? I don't know. I never. Just, just, <laughs> 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 okay. <laughs> I, love it. I know. I have a question. I have a question. Sure. Because I want to hear more about editing three camera shooting. That must oh, be interesting yeah. compared to one camera. Well, yeah, that's that, uh, thank God for technology area. Nowadays, um, uh, in most, almost any software you're going to use for, for editing, at least semi-professionally or professionally, uh, you have what's called a multicam, which, so back in the days when I did Sesame Street, um, we would have anywhere from three to five cameras and we'd have to go through each one. It, it was a it was oh, a pretty yeah. process, uh, and you'd literally have to cut each shot one at a time. Mm. Nowadays, you could actually link all five cameras up, where you see a screen for each camera, and you can use your fingers on a keyboard to choose which camera. Oh, that's amazing! So generally, you would go through and you would you'd cut you know, cut what we call a first cut. Now, that being said, I just finished a project uh, for some of the guys that used to be in Trans-Siberian Orchestra uh, that was, it was a bunch of high schools, 3,000 high school kids playing with their band in an 11,000-seat uh, arena. Uh, I think it was nine cameras. But because of the way it was put together, the cameras didn't all match up. So I literally had to go through that the old-fashioned way, go through each each of the cameras, pick what's good, and that was a little more arduous. But in general, multi-camera editing, like if you were doing, say, a sitcom or, or mm -hmm. something, you're generally going to lock all the cameras <laughs> up and you're just going to switch it and do a first cut, and then you're going to go through and you're going to clean it up and, and make it a little more pretty and adjust your timing a little bit. That's great. And, and all the cameras are timed at the same time. They're all running at once. So they all kind of go together and you can watch them all and then pick. In that perfect world, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't always come back that way, but generally they're able to sync the camera's time codes, which is basically a, a timestamp that doesn't change. Right. So that generally they can sync all the cameras up with those time codes so when you get into an edit room, you just literally start them all up and they, they run together perfectly in a perfect world. Right. It should always be a perfect world, Roy. <laughs> feels, like a feels like a master class. Thank you, Roy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope you're taking notes, Seamus. <laughs> I am. <laughs> well, now tell us what your most memorable moment of your career has been. Ooh, the most, well, you know, we, we were talking about it earlier in the podcast. I, I, the most memorable was walking on stage the first time winning an Emmy Award. That That's just, my wife was there. 
Uh, my family was there. Yeah, there's there's nothing nothing will necessarily compare with that. Though I've been very lucky and very blessed to to have many opportunities and many special things happen in my career. But that that's the most special. Mm. I would think so. I mean, you probably still, did you actually hear your voice? Because I've heard other people say, you know, when they heard their name was called, they didn't actually even register. Like if it wasn't, let's say, for your wife next to you, like, woo, you know, you wouldn't have even, you know, registered that it was you. No, I I think they were lucky I didn't jump up on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Big guy, probably don't want to see that. (laughs) You have your Emmy there. Do I have it here? No, I uh, in the I see some of these certificates. Uh, oh, I have nice! The paper certificates. Uh, the Emmys are all at home. Uh, my wife's got them in her little special place up on the uh, the credenza. Oh, how nice! He's got like so all the guests can see when they come in. I love it. <laughs> He's got like ten of them. It's probably like a, a whole little thing itself, <laughs> right? You got like a whole. Like a oh, discotheque. Cool. <laughs> a little lighting on it. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I mean, that is pretty cool. I mean, that that's, I mean, such an honor to be recognized. But to be recognized so often really says something about the quality of your work. Uh. It, it, and, I mean, the coolest thing of an Emmy to me, and, and I've heard different people say different things uh, over the years about but to me, it's people that do what I do, looking at that work and saying, of all the work we looked at, this is the best this year. Yeah. And it's most important to me because um, it is people that do what I do looking at it. So it could That's just as well have been there, in there and they're looking at it and saying, this is the best of the best for this year. So to me, that's what's special. It's the people that, that, that I work with and around that are making those decisions. That's really Do you, you know, when you work on, on, on projects, do you use the same crew or similar crew all the time? I use a lot of the same crew when I can, but, uh, you know, like anything else, this person's not available, that person. So um, I find, uh, so my production company is called Vintage Production Group. So besides working a full-time job and doing photography, I have a production company too. Uh, so when I do a project, I call it Vintage Production Group simply because when Seamus, you come to me and say you want to do a show about boxing, I'm going to bring, besides myself, the right people for that particular project. So instead of the same six people because he's a great cameraman. Well, yeah, he's a great cameraman, but this guy is going to be better to tell the stories of these young men in this boxing club. So I would use the right people for the right project. That being said, a lot of times I do have a lot of repeat people that I use on a regular, regular basis. Mm. Well, so tell us more about your, your, uh, your production company. Well, typically, what what do you what's an average uh, day look like there? Um, you know, and this is the whole reason I started that production company was at Madison Square Garden. I'm an editor, and though I make producing decisions a lot, my job is to edit, and 
most of my career, because I started off as an editor and I, I was naturally very good at it to start with, I always got thrown in a little dark room. So I started the production company so I could get my eye behind the camera and I could direct because I was like, well, as an editor, I've seen every mistake a director's ever made. Uh -huh. So now I have a good idea of how to shoot something and what to shoot and what not to shoot. So um, my production company, one day it could be doing a music video. The next day we could be doing a TV commercial. The next day we could be doing a little corporate video for a local store. Uh, it runs the gamut. I do just about everything. Mm. I mean, I've done commercials for a little yogurt shop around the block. And I've done national music videos for, for artists that are out there touring that you've heard of. So it's just a mix of everything. Um, it's really, it was created really so that I can expand my creativity and be able to capture the visuals. Because uh, as you know, for my photographs, I have a pretty natural eye for seeing something through a lens and bringing it to life. And I was just missing that part of my career. So that's why I created the production company. But in that, some days I'm writing the script and the next day I'm, you know, out in a, out uh, on a project directing it with a whole crew. And the next project, it didn't have enough money for a whole crew. So I'm out there with my camera shooting it myself. So it's just whatever comes up. Do you, have any, do you have a dream project that you wish you could do and haven't done yet? Like any, a gladiator film? <laughs> no, my, my love is music videos. That's, I could do music videos every day and I'd be thrilled and happy. That hasn't necessarily turned out. Uh, but I have done a few and uh, I absolutely love doing every aspect of them, whether they be medium, small, low budget, or decent budget or high budget, it doesn't matter. I, I love the art of creating that particular type of artwork. That's, that's, that's my love. Mm. So what, what, you know, in that, what, what's your favorite part of it? Like the, the being the behind the camera, capturing it, editing it, what's your favorite part? I'm putting poor Rory, Rory on the spot. <laughs> He's going to say all of it. I love all of it. I would say all of it, too. All of it. So, over the years, I, I had always heard in this video business that, you know, there's no such thing as a jack of all trades because nobody's really good at all aspects. And am I as good at every single aspect? Not as good, but I, I'm actually pretty good at a lot of them. Um, I love telling the story it, it all comes back to that that whole reason we started the conversation which is storytelling i love telling the story and telling the story involves all aspects it tell it's in interpreting the song and creating what makes sense visually to tell the story to get the meaning of that song across mm. and the storylines got something to do with the actual lyrics of the song. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's just the theme that we're using. But creating that story from, from the scripting and concepting to the blocking it out and to the shooting in a, of it to the lighting, I like all the aspects of it. And obviously, I love editing. Mm. 
beautiful. And, and I truly believe that art, like Tony mentioned before, gives us a reprieve from the troubles of our inner lives. Absolutely. Could. And, and that's why I started with the photographs. It was really just to throw something nice into your life. So when you're scrolling through your social media, you'll look and go, oh, yeah, President this. Oh, yeah, Democrat. Oh, yeah, Republican. Oh, look, pretty picture. All perfect. <laughs> well, so where can people find you, Roy? I mean, what, you have a, a web page for the production company. Yes. Uh, so my production company is called Vintage Production Group. So it's vintageproductiongroup.com. And to see some of my photography work, portwashingtonphotos.com. My book's available there. You could look through hundreds and hundreds of pictures just to look at pictures in the galleries. If you decide you want to purchase one, you can always purchase one through the website. It's all, all there. But you can just go through and look at some of the pictures. Um, they're, they're kind of timeless. They're kind of just the sun setting, the sun rising, and, you know, a little bit of all kinds of beauty. Uh, and you can just spend, you know, 15 minutes, 20 minutes perusing pictures and, and getting your mind off of every day. Oh, they're exquisite. They are exquisite. Well, now, what about your Instagram account? Uh, Roy dot Schneider. Uh, R O I D O T S C H N E I D E R. It's really. I mean, I encourage everybody to check him out. Check out his work. Uh, he does post a lot on social media. A lot of the photographs he takes. Um, I really can't say enough. I mean, it's what initially caught my eye about about you and about your work. I started during the pandemic noticing the photographs and with each set, because you're right, you know, you put them out in a set. Uh, it's never, usually it's never just one photograph. It's kind of like this whole story aspect of, of wherever you're at. Uh, and it was so eye-catching and it really made me pause uh, for a minute. And you're right. It has that element of you can get lost in the photo, uh, lost in the moment or see, or, you know, whatever that, that, that beauty or whatever it is that caught you, your eye in about nature or uh, about that. I, I can see it a lot of times, you know, right in your photograph, like where you, you know, where your, your line of vision was going. And it lets me pause uh, and just be a, a kind of peace so I can't encourage everybody enough. Check out his work. It, it's it's well worth uh, it's well worth the time, and you'll enjoy it. Yeah, please do, and, and give me a big high when you do. I just followed you. <laughs> you know? I'm gonna follow you too. <laughs> so I know we're out of time because I we we booked you, but you we kind of caught you in between things. So yeah. I, I want to thank you so much for joining us. I want to invite you to come back, uh, especially as you're doing new projects. Come back and talk to us. We really enjoyed having you here. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. It was a blast. <laughs> and thank you, Roy. And I, I, mentioned, I, I know you mentioned Port Washington. My son is actually in the, in the Hamptons. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'll be out there this uh, summer quite a bit. Nice. I hope to get out yeah. myself. Well, so we're going to say uh, goodbye to Roy and goodbye to everybody here at uh, It May Interest You to Know. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Roy. Thanks, Thank Jonathan. you.